Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the digital workspace inner workings. Good, good. How are you guys doing? All fine? Good. Yeah, a bit of a heat wave, but, you know, uh, all good. How about you? Yeah, all fine. You like heat waves? Yeah, it could be. It could be worse. So, you'll be excited. I, I started watching Deep Space Nine. Um, Oh, good. So, um, yeah, actually, I watched an episode. Hmm? What do you think? Um, I've only, I think I've watched maybe the first five, so it still feels like, you know, getting into the series. I read that, like, some of the later seasons are supposed to be really good. Um, but, you know enjoyable light television i suppose it's, it's interesting to watch you know television built for or shows built for tv versus shows built for streaming you know there's so much more like self-contained episodes you can kind of you know pick them up wherever they are um it's the, the feel is different um so you're watching deep space nine i started watching the new one star trek new worlds um, which is not bad. That, but you see, again, that's also made for TV, not for streaming. So every episode is its own self-contained thing, but then you got the bigger arc of the whole story. Yeah, it's just uh, it's a different like feel to the show, I guess. Um, but the one I watched last night, well, first of all, it started off, they were like, issues happening all around the ship and i think it's o'brien who's like the um i guess tech oh, it's, a uh, ship. it's a space it's a space station the space station excuse me <laughs> um, the difference is, is the uh so the you know the tech guy was being asked to fix you know a million things so it reminded me of like an overwhelmed kind of it admin kind of situation and then yeah. it turned into a, um, there was a virus on the ship that got activated and it was like a quarantine episode. And I was like, of course, it was uh, a little triggering. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember that. I mean, I haven't watched that in, in 10 years, um, but it feels like 10 years. But I can, I can remember O'Brien quite clearly in Cisco. Um yeah, it's a good series. I mean, the the nice thing about all those series, even Voyager and all that, is they are good stories. Um, and and all, all and 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 even though the technology that they've used, you know, to film it looks out of date, it's still good stories. Yeah, so I'm enjoying it so far, but but yeah, finally getting around to that. Of course, it's um about to go off of Netflix. So <laughs> I've caught it. Oh, yeah, not going to make it through however many seasons there are before, like, the end of June. So I'm going to have to figure that out. 
Oh, no. So where's it going? Um, I don't remember. It's another service that I do not have. Oh, so. Paramount's la- launching their own service. Yeah, that's, yeah that sounds right. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know if you saw the link that I sent you last night or this morning. Do you, there's a Dune game now called Battle of the Spice. I saw the link, but I haven't had a chance to read it, but it sounds intriguing. Yeah, the video looks quite good. Um, it's one of those things like you watch it and you think, oh, I'd love to play that. But then you just think, how much time are you going to spend on it? And, you don't, and, and that's why you don't do it. Is it like a modern update of the old Dune game? Yeah, yeah, it's new. It's it's. I don't even know if it's released yet, or mine has just been released. I think it's. I think it's meant to tie in with the movies. Hmm. So you, are you going to play? Or not sure yet. Uh, I'm. Not, uh, I've got to be careful because you know that sort of stuff just takes up time, and uh, you know I don't, I don't have time to do the stuff I want to do. So to so to go buy a game and 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 an Xbox and all the rest of it just just seems like a bad idea. Um, but I'll keep an eye on it. You know what I what I'm actually hoping is that the these sorts of things will proliferate down to the to the app stores. So you'll get a cut down version or a version that'll run on on, a, on an iPad, and you can just go play that. Because um, iPads are powerful enough to play these games. Um, and if it falls into like arcade, which I've actually been playing a little bit of arcade now and then, that's that's you know almost good enough in some respects because the games are simple enough that you can just pick them up and play, and you get your your fix out of them. Um, and then also you your accessibility is there because it's a spider subscription, you know, not worried about it. Um, but it's yeah, it's. it's I'm very tempted because I really, I really like the storyline and, and the trailer that I saw, um, and I, and I think it would work quite nicely as a, as a real time strategy or a, um, a rotating turn strategy game, which play really nicely on an iPad. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I think Civilization you can play on an iPad. Um, mm. yeah, there's a few games. XCOM, XCOM's got a few games on iPad. Um, there's a few of them. But, you know, I, I like the games where very much the same as I like TV shows. You know, it's, it's self-contained. So you're not, um, you know, nothing irritates you more than you're playing a game and then it wants you to, to buy something to carry on or to subscribe to carry on. I just want to pay like 10 bucks or whatever it is, own the game, like XCOM, XCOM games, I can just play them. I've got both of them or all three of them. You know, I can just load them up and play them. And there's no bolt-ons to pay for subscriptions, check-in every day, all that kind of stuff. Because that stuff frustrates you if you can't do it. Um, yeah. yeah so. No, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I think it was, there was like a Harry Potter mobile game that was like that where um just to continue playing you know you had to pay or yeah it's just it makes it I, i'm i'm with you i'd rather just pay up front for a game but I'm sure it's less lucrative over time which is why 
they've switched to this model, but it's, it makes gameplay really frustrating and I don't know, just not worth it. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if there's a, what, what the model is, you know, paying up front versus subscribing, but I always, I would always think that the, the game itself is not really where the money's made nowadays. I would think the money's made in the merchandising. Um, mm. You know, not just selling T-shirts, but 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 the, all the other stuff. Uh, I think that's where it would. And, and I can understand, like, if you're on an online game, like a World of Warcraft, where you know people invest, you know, multitudes of hours a day to play, um, and you can pay for upgrades and all that kind of stuff. That's part of the game. I can kind of understand that premise, but you, you're going into that eyes wide open. Um, because a lot of these games I'll offer to you for free, and then in order to get past a certain part, you have to pay. And I find that frustrating. Or like, uh, there's a couple of baseball games that I like, and you're bombarded. Like any 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 time you're not playing the game and you're trying to do something, you're bombarded with it, with something else to pay for, and you're like, I don't want to. I just want to click and play. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah, we've been exchanging a few other links um these past couple weeks it's been a minute since we've recorded so yeah that, the other one that so there's this this uh, vr thing with autistic children and helping them to which this article at least around um how they play in a vr environment and that helps them to join what they've experienced in the vr environment with the real world i thought that was a really interesting byproduct of of the of the technology um you know neurodiversity is obviously quite quite an important uh thing to cover uh and finding ways to help people you know because we're not if we all think we're normal in our own heads i think um but you don't realize what someone else is going through and everyone's and everyone is different so i thought that was right a really cool article yeah i think the potential vr to be that um I suppose therapy device is is really interesting. I think the what they were finding with the efficacy of it for getting people exposed to different social situations or like a visit to the doctor, you know, um, and then it actually having a, a tangible, you know, effect is is interesting. I think there's um, a lot in that space that seems promising. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Did you have a chance to read the one on digital twins? I did, and to be honest, I digital twins are. It's one of those terms that I like. I never fully feel like I know. I understand what it means. It's like a digital replica of a real thing using sensors a lot of the time is that yeah correct um it is and it isn't so, so i was listening to a thing um well there's a couple of examples that I've, that I've heard of one one is um like you look at if you look at seagoing vessels and you have the digital twin of a, of a real vessel and all the data points yes you call them sensors i guess uh, maps across the vessel you can you can simulate what will happen to that vessel through storms and through normal weather etc 
Um, the other one that I was listening to was around Las Vegas and how they were able to, they, they were digital twins of the whole, of the whole strip. And they simulate there what, what, what can affect the, um, the strip, different traffic patterns. If there's a, if there's a terrorist attack, you know, they do a lot of stuff, electric, uh, electric vehicles at the moment and, and self-driving vehicles. So you can get a self-driving taxi. I think there's about 80 of them going up and down the strip and they're simulating, you know, what happens if they've got 160 or if they do wider things. So that's where digital twins make a lot of sense. And the twins, the, the twins are kept up to date based on the sensors. So you can always have a real time view of, of what's coming and going in your, in your simulated environment or what's, what, what, when I say coming and going, what, what variables have changed. And that's why I think it's quite interesting because if you had to go and build mock models of something, it would always be in a clinical um, environment. Whereas if it's digital, it's still a clinical environment, but but you can factor in a lot more things because it's all the whole the whole environment is virtual. Whereas with physicals, you always count you're always counterbalancing something else in the environment, you know, wind or mm. or structural issues or space. I mean, if you haven't got enough space to build the digital twin, where would you put it? You know, scale of things, that sort of stuff. So I think it's an interesting space. And I think that, you know, with the computing power that's available nowadays, I think you'll see more and more of it. Um because of the, the barrier to entry is getting less and less. You could, you know, drive down what they did is they drove down the strip in Las Vegas with some special cameras. And that was the way they formed the digital twin um, to get the structures. And then they put the sensors in based on, you know, knowing where to put it um, to do the to do the scans. The um, example that really interested me was the digital twin of the human body and the potential to, you know, for everyone to have their own digital twin that they can model you know here's what would happen if i started smoking or um you know took up running or um you know whatever it is to to model out your health outcomes seemed really interesting yeah for sure uh sorry i do need to run i've got to go and see what's going on with my daughter okay cool i'll talk to you later heather have a good one okay you too thanks Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, If you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.